Praise God. Well, I want to encourage you this morning because this is the first Sunday of New Year. I know we're already seven days into the new year, and I want to just give you a few thoughts that might encourage and motivate you to keep your focus on what God has prepared you for as a family, as an individual Christian, as, and also as a fellowship uh, of churches. Sir, New Harvest Norwalk, uh, God has given us a plan. He's given us vision, and he wants us to maintain uh, the, the effort to move toward uh, those goals and visions that he has emplaced in our hearts, once again, as individuals or even as a congregation. And so changing the calendar from 23 to 24 kind of reminds us how quickly time passes. I mean, it was only uh, a few years ago, it seems, that we were welcoming in 20 or, or a 2020 and thinking about how we stepped into a new century. And here we are now, uh, 2024, and moving along as I was making my way down this morning, I, I thought about how quickly time passes when I looked at our media department up there, and I thought to myself, either I'm getting very old or these kids are, are just brand new up there. Because uh, I looked up there, and, and I, I think there's no one over uh, maybe 24, if I'm uh, not mistaken. And you know what that's a, 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 a statement towards? That we are disciple-making church and ministry, and that we prepare the next generation to take on the tasks that God has given this church to accomplish. And so, yep, I'm getting older, and uh, they're getting younger, but uh, that's a good thing that we're able to transition and move forward and, and seeing the move of God and the work of God that he's prepared for us. And so as we leave 2023 and left it, moving on to 24, for some, it's a sigh of relief. I'm glad that year's over with. And some have been in that place. And then for some, it's kind of a sad thing because there were some great things that uh, happened in 2023 that uh, God wants us to remember and uh, he wants us to to take, take hold of and, and not let go. But it is a new year, and the psalmist gives us, uh, and this is not my text, but uh, the psalmist gives us some advice, some really good advice as to how we should look at each day and how we should look at even each year. In Psalm 90 and verse 12, the psalmist writes these words, Teach us to number our days. Why? Well, he says that we may gain a heart of wisdom, that we would gain a heart of wisdom. So what he's saying to us is he talks about learning from, from our lives. Every day there's something to learn from, that we can grow in wisdom so we can move on and maybe do better the next day and not make the mistakes we did the previous day. So this is what we need to learn to do, each and every single one of us, no matter the difficulties, the unpleasantness, no matter the hardships and obstacles. God has given us each day to be able to gain a heart of wisdom so that we may not make the same mistakes again or that we might learn from what we accomplished and invest in that learning into the following time. 
reviewing the past year for you and I, it provides us an opportunity to learn personal growth, perspective, where we could improve those things that maybe we should have done that we didn't do, those things that we did do and maybe didn't go correctly. And so what it's going to take is a preparation of heart and a lot of prayer so that we can enter into this new year of 2024 with that motivation that God wants us to have. So I've got a little video I'd like for you to see, and if the guys have it ready, we can go ahead and show it. Blessed are you who are downhearted, tired and weary, and in need of something more. Blessed are you who have had a tough year or season, perhaps filled with ups and downs, sorrow and sadness, misery and mistakes. You are not alone. Blessed are you whose dreams have been interrupted, stomped on, or perhaps just taking too long. There is a new thing right around the corner. Blessed are you who don't know what to believe or why you are here today. But despite that, you keep pushing forward. Blessed are you who are walking through seasons of prosperity and joy. Celebration and hope. For you have found something truly worthy of sharing. You see, sometimes life is just hard, but blessed are those who seek the Lord in the midst of that darkness. For there is hope, real, tangible hope found in Him. So today, may you be reminded that you were created on purpose and for a purpose. May you know that God has big plans for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. May you walk in truth and light so that no matter where you go, you will have a light onto your path. May you find rest free from anxiety. And may his love, which is never ending, and his grace, which is never failing, follow you wherever you may go. For he has come to make all things new. He has come to make all things new. And just encouraging words for you and I to begin this year and apply it to our lives. And so um, I'm going to speak out of the book of Philippians, chapter number 3. And I want to focus on the Apostle Paul's encouraging words and advice that he gives every believer. I entitled this message, Do Your Thing. Do your thing, and, and those of us who are of an, a certain age group understand what that means, and it is from the 60s, kind of a, a, a saying from the 60s and the late 60s and 70s, everybody wants to do your own thing, and uh, uh, it's your thing, do what you want to do kind of thing. You know, the Isley brothers were in there, Isaac Hayes was, was talking about do your thing, the 100, I think it was the 110th Street Copman band that wrote, wrote a, a song, the same thing, do your thing, and it was the thing of the 60s and 70s that it was a mindset, that everybody had something they had to do, and uh, they needed to finish that. It was impressed upon our generation, and it was a crazy time, it was a, sometimes a violent time, but it was a very aggressive time. And in experiencing that in Sister Nancy's life, in my own life, there was something that was instilled because of that mindset 
that, that caused us as, as, as a couple, but individuals to pursue, not stay still, not be satisfied with where we were, but to do our thing, whatever that thing was. For Nancy, Nancy and I, it was making money. For, for us, other people, it was getting loaded, get loaded better, you know, do your thing. For other people, it, it was whatever. And so there was something that was instilled during that uh, generation. And Paul talks about some things that we need to do as Christians. And in Philippians chapter 3 and in verse 13, Paul writes and he says, But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And so the Apostle Paul gives us some wisdom for transitioning from maybe one year to the next, from one day to the next, just as the psalmist did. And Paul speaks about some things. He says, one thing I do, but in that one thing, he breaks it down into two things that we need to do in order for us to be successful, to enter into the most important thing that God has prepared for us. So this morning, we need to do our thing. Do your thing. And I looked around to try and find an appropriate type style to fit in to my generation. And I think I, I was able to capture that. Paul says the first thing, thing number one, is to forget what is behind. To forget. In the Word of God in the Bible means no longer to be influenced by or affected by. In other words, uh, start with a clean slate. You see, there are influences that have taken place in our lives last year that maybe were good influences, but then I'm sure there were bad influential things that affected our lives. And uh, basically, they made an impact in us, either for good or bad. And what Paul is, is implying here is that, hey, those things that messed you up, those things that influenced you and affected you in a bad way, well, number one thing you need to do is to forget those things that are behind. Start with a clean slate. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 12 and in verse 1 puts it this way. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up or besets us. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. And so what the writer of Hebrews is saying and what Paul is saying is that those things that maybe influenced you in a bad way and, and are holding you back from looking forward in the new year. 
Those areas that have things that happened to you last year that maybe are weighing you down. They're interrupting your forward progress. The writer of Hebrews says that we need to strip them off, take them off, remove them so that you can freely move and uh, run the race with endurance that God has prepared for you. Every single one of us here this morning has things that, that can weigh us down. They could be family problems. They could be marriage problems. They could be money problems. They could be habit problems. And those things weigh us down. The enemy uses those things that happened last year to keep us from forward progress this year. And the advice that we've been given is to strip those things off, remove them from your life. And some say easier said than done. But this morning, I want to let you know that when you have God uh, as your Lord, and uh, Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He has already won the victory for you and for me in those areas. What we need to do is accept that now and apply God's word to our lives so when the devil lies to us and says, yeah, but remember what happened last year? Remember what happened last week? Remember how you did this and uh, you messed up? What you and I need to do is say, devil, yeah, I remember it, but now I'm going to forget it because God has wiped the slate clean. I have repented from that. I have turned from that, and I'm moving forward. Dwelling in the past can be a huge hindrance to making progress in life, the progress that God wants each and every single one here today to experience in their life. God says to strip it off, remove it. It's a ball and chain that is holding you down. Those things we regret doing or not doing. We all have regrets, don't we, in life. There are those regrets that says, man, I wished, I wished I wouldn't have said that. I wished, I regret that I did that. And we need to come to a place where we say, yes, we're human. We, we make mistakes. We do have regrets. But when we give them to God and say, God, you know me already anyway. You know what my intentions were and how things turned out. God, forgive me and let's move forward for your kingdom. This is the mindset. This is the attitude that God wants each and every single one of us to have. I think about Paul's life. Paul writes from experience as he says, forgetting those things uh, which are behind and pressing on or straining forward uh, to those things which are ahead. And God, Paul says he had a goal for doing that, those two things, doing those two things. And the reason was, was because Paul was a persecutor of the church. He persecuted the church. He, he tried to destroy the church. In fact, he even stood by while people were stoned for preaching the gospel message. And I'm sure Paul had regrets in his life. Paul had regrets for his attitudes, his actions that came against the word of God, that came against the people of God. 
And he probably regretted doing those things. But Paul learned a powerful and a tremendous lesson about forgiveness, about letting go. And I would venture to say there may be people here who are not just holding on to that ball and chain from 2023, but could even go back further to maybe three, four, five, ten, fifteen years ago. And you're holding on to those things that are weighing you down and have been weighing you down from forward progress. Today, 2024, first Sunday of the year, time to let go for once and for all and let God do what the thing he wants to do in your life. Let him do his thing so you can do your thing that God has for you to accomplish. I imagine what we would have missed as believers today or what might not even have occurred and and taken place had the Apostle Paul not learned this lesson. What would we be missing from the New Testament writings, the experiences, the, the churches that maybe would not have been planted had Paul not allowed himself to be forgiven and move on and forgetting those things which were behind that happened in his life. What would we have been missing? What we need to do, as the psalmist said, is to use the lessons that we've learned from the past and use them as a springboard to move forward in the things of God and say, boy, I'm not going to do that again. But I'm not going to go there anymore. I'm not going to be a part of that. Use them as a lesson to grow and to learn the same way we teach our children. You know, when our kids make mistakes, they're learning uh, sessions in their life. Isn't that true? And we help them along, and we teach them, and we say, remember what happened yesterday? Remember how you don't want that again? And we teach them learning lessons. And that's what God wants us to do when we... The devil lies to us and comes in and brings up the past. No, devil, I've learned my lesson. I've learned that I'm not going to say or do those things or be in those situations any longer. I want to become the the kind of person God wants me to be. I I want to do the things that God has called me to do. So what we need to do is to remove those things. The question is, What is it that God is asking you to let go of today? What are those areas in your life that you're holding on to that God says, enough already, let them go? The bad choices, those things that keep us from moving forward, apathy, they'll hold you back. Because when we understand who we are in Christ, remember who you are. You're a child of God. If you're born again, You're you're the, 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 the son of God. You're a son of God. A born again Christian. And those things, those fears, those doubts, those hang ups, those regrets 
should not have power over our lives because of who we are in Christ. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 31, Paul writes again and he says, What then shall we say to those things? What are those things? Those things that hold us back, those things that cause us to not believe God, to doubt and to not move forward. Paul says, What then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, then who can be against us? You're a child of God. That's what Paul says. And there isn't anything that can keep you from doing the thing that God wants you to do. Do your thing for the kingdom of God and stand fast in the promises of God because having a correct perspective and a right view of who we are as the children of God will keep us from making God smaller than he is. Too many times we make God so small that those hang-ups and those failures and those bad choices and so on seem so big when actually they're just the size of a pinhead compared to the bigness and and, and the greatness of God. And that's what the devil does. He magnifies failure. He magnifies the past. He magnifies the mistakes. Uh, But if God be for us, uh, then who can be against us? Uh, We stand in the word and in the promises of God to move forward uh, and do uh, what God wants us to do. In Romans 8, 37, again, Paul says, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. You know God loves you this morning. God loves you. God cares about you. God knows you in and out. And God knows those things that the enemy uses to hinder us. But yet in all these things we can be more than conquerors. We can overcome them. We can dominate those things through Christ Jesus, through his word. That's why we need to be in God's word to give us and build our faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when you hear God's word like you're doing this morning, it makes those big things just kind of dissolve into nothingness. Because it exposes, God's word exposes the greatness of who God is. The power and the anointing of God that he's promised to you and I. Don't get stuck in the past by dwelling on those things that God says and Paul says we need to forget. Living in the past can be a huge roadblock to Paul's Second thing to do, the first thing to do was to forget what was behind. And the second thing he says now, thing number two, strain forward to what is ahead. Strain forward. Straining in in the Greek means to stretch oneself forward, to press on, follow after It gives the idea of intense effort. Forceful, strain forward, push forward, passionate, 
extreme struggle. You know what comes to mind when I read that and I think about pressing forward? I think about football. And I think about, you know, football right now is big, playoffs and so on. And, and I think about the players that when the ball is given to them, the running back, whoever has the ball, and they're running, they're pressing forward. And then sometimes there's that extra effort to get just that extra yard. And they do that because they have a goal. They want to reach that goal. And so just to passively have the ball and get hit and fall down, it's not in their playbook. It's not in their DNA. What's in their DNA is to give it a second effort and see how much more they can get. That's what you and I need to do as Christians. When the enemy comes and builds a roadblock or an obstacle and tries to push us down or tear us down, don't just fall down. Keep going forward. Give it that next extra effort. Strain to push forward towards what God has for you. That's what this is talking about. Paul says, I'm straining forward, pressing toward the goal, the thing to which God has called him to do. It's the thing that God has called him to do, the goal that God has given to him in his life. What are the things that God has called you to do? What are the things that God has placed in your heart that he wants you to accomplish? Are you straining? Have you been straining? Have you forcefully been moving on towards those things? Or have you become impassioned? Have you lost that zeal? Have you allowed the, the obstacles and the hindrances and, you know, brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so to hold you back because of what they said or how they acted? No. Kick the devil in the head and say, God, whatever the devil throws at me, I don't care, man. I'm, I'm going to block them through. I'm going to press towards what God has for me to, to accomplish. Paul says to keep focus. That's what he's saying on the goal that God has given to you and I. There's all kinds of, of sayings that capture this, this thought. Keep the main thing the main thing. Some of us have lost the main thing that God wants us to do. We've got caught up in secondary and, and, and third and fourth uh, things that, that life brings to us. And we've lost the main thing. Keep the main thing the main thing. What is that? Serving God, moving forward, and letting God use your life. That's the main thing we all have to accomplish as Christians. God has to keep, be number one, the main thing in our lives. Keep your eye on the ball. You've seen it. You know, I, 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 I love football, and there's a lot of football analogies. I love baseball and, and, and sports. Basketball, yeah, whatever, but sorry, guys, sorry. I just like to, you know, but I think about, you know, keeping your eye on the ball. And that's what Paul is saying. Keep the main thing the main thing. And you've seen these receivers that they, they've been thrown like a, a, a pass. And there the ball is coming, but out of this eye, they see a 350-pound guy coming at them. And they're looking, and they're going, and all of a sudden, you know, they take their eye off for a minute, and the ball hits them and bounces off because they didn't keep their eye on the ball. They're supposed to take the hit. Take the hit. And then get up and move forward. 
Christian, take the hit. Keep your eye on the ball. Don't take, don't drop the ball. Move forward for God, no matter what the devil throws at you. And this is why it's so important for us that Paul says, uh, strain, press on. He uses that so many times in his writing because he understood he had to accomplish something for God. Stay focused. Romans 8, 38, he says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor anything created shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul mentions a slew of things that will come against believers that came against him from all different sources, spiritually and physically. And he says, no, I'm not going to let anything separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. The question I have this morning, what has separated you from the love of God? What has the enemy used in your life to separate you from what God has called you to do, what God has called you to be, from the goal that God has placed in your heart? What is it that, that you've allowed the enemy to separate you from God's love that kept you and that keeps you from accomplishing his purpose? We all have to look at, at, at our lives and take inventory in this new year and realize that there are going to be hits, that there are going to be problems, there are going to be hurts. You don't think a 350-pound guy hitting a 170-pound running back is going to hurt? I think so. But they just get up and do the next thing. There are going to be hurtful times, but God is there to bring healing. God is there to bring his love. God is there to bring consolation. God is there to bring strength to continue to do the work that he's called us to do. Paul says that nothing is going to stand in our way and keep us from accomplishing God's will. He understood the Christian life, that it's a process that takes place. We are people, and I keep saying that, in process. We're, we're not who God wants us to be overnight. I've been doing, serving God for going to be 50 years. Let me, tell, let me say this. Teaser. I got a teaser. You ready for a teaser? 50 years, New Harvest, Christian Fellowship, celebration coming up. Yeah. Going to be good. It's going to be good. So don't, all the things that New Harvest has accomplished over 50 years, the churches that have been planted, the cities and countries that have been impacted, you're going to see it coming up. We're going to get you the word. We're going to have a video letting you know. So just get ready and be prepared. But Paul understood... Just like us, we didn't accomplish everything in year one or day one. But there are, have been a process of 
of things that we had to go through as a ministry and as individuals in order for God to do what he needed to do through us. And it's not done yet. It's not finished yet. And there's much more that God wants to do. And Paul understood this. This is why he says in verse 15, I want our worship team to begin to make the way up. As I read this scripture, my next point is in conclusion, now what? Now that you've done your thing, two things, now what? This is what Paul says. Now, all of us who are mature should take such a view of things, pressing on, moving forward. The things that Paul said, forgetting what's behind. We should take view of those things. And he says, and if some, and if on some point you think differently, that too will God make clear to you. So Paul is saying, hey, some of you think you've arrived. No, it hasn't happened yet. You're still in process. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join with others in following my example. Brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. Paul's idea, his main thought of pressing on, moving forward, exposed some folks who may have thought they have arrived and there's no longer need to press on, no longer need to strain forward. They see themselves as finishing their race already. I want to tell you, we haven't finished our race until we are in the presence of God. Until then, the race is on. We press on. We strain forward. Every day we leave behind the past and Every day is a new day for God to accomplish what he wants to do in our lives. When we think we've arrived, we lose momentum. We lose focus and we become stale. And Paul said, join others in following my example and take notice of people who are living the pattern set. There are people in here who are moving forward for God, who are examples for the kingdom of God, who are pressing on, who have taken hits, who have, have, have accomplished things in their life, but they're not resting on their laurels. They're not resting on their past accomplishments and saying, I'm finished. I've done this. I've done that. Nothing else for me to do. But they're pressing on. There's so many people here. One comes to mind. I think about Brother Marty Cisneros. And I think about how he was a head usher back in, I'm not going to date him, back in the Stone Age of New Harvest. And head usher there serving God and, and many, 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 many years doing his thing. And he came to a point where he did his thing and said, Pastor, I got another thing I need to do. I want to pray and I want to be on, on the care team. Okay, do that. And he didn't come to a place where all those years of accomplishment, he said, I'm done, finished. I'm going to sit now and warm a chair. But he kept moving forward. And so, so many others have done that very same thing here. Too many to mention. I just, one that comes to mind. 
And now he even puts on an earpiece, and now he's even kind of like an usher, incognito. I didn't tell him to do that. I didn't ask him to do that at all. But see, as Paul said, there are so many examples in the church. Stop looking to the world for your example. Stop looking to the world for a good marriage. We have all kinds of great marriages here at New Harvest Norwalk. Stop looking to the world for answers on how to raise your children. We have all kinds of families here who have great children serving God. Testament in the media booth up there right now, serving in ministry all over right now. Stop looking to the world. Stop looking to the world for examples of success because we have all kinds of, of successful people here today, Sunday, first Sunday of January 24, here at New Harvest. Plenty of examples and patterns. And Paul said, follow me, my example, and those also who have set examples for you to follow. Are you an example this morning? Are you setting examples this morning for new converts, for new Christians, for those who maybe are struggling? That's what God has called us to be. That's what God has called us to do. That's what's next. That's the main thing. Paul had to do two things first. Forget what's behind, press forward in order to do the main thing, which was be a godly example to other people. That's the main thing. That's your main thing, my main thing. A new year brings fresh hope and new opportunities. God is faithful, supreme. No matter what occurs in the future, God will always have his last say if we let him in our lives. I close with this scripture as we bow our heads and close our eyes. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful.